to two, two sweet wrestling podcast. Yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, it is March 23rd, and this is episode 12 of the Two Sweet Podcast. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, topics include top five reasons why Ultimate Deletion failed to live up to the billing. We're going to talk about Daniel Bryan, his return, updated news on why, why and how he got to return. And will AJ Styles make the match at WrestleMania? My goodness, I clutch my heart when I say that. And also, three too fast, too furious questions of the day. So let's get right on into it. I'm not going to waste any more of your time. You can check out my TeePublic store at tpublic.com slash user slash OMGCoreyB. You can also check out my YouTube channel just type in omg cory b in the space bar and there i am and also my twitter handles at omg cory b and at the number two sweet pod so let's get right on into this we're gonna start with the two fast two furious questions of the day and first up we have Ray Mysterio. And I if I can get myself together here, we'd have Ray Mysterio. Okay, yes, there we go. So it seems like Ray Mysterio is headed to WWE. Uh, we don't know the answer to that yet, but he is scheduled to see WWE doctors, so it, it appears so Ray Mysterio will be having his partially torn bicep checked out by WWE doctors and he could potentially sign a new contract with WWE it was noted that you know once he got hurt it, it seemed like that deal was off but it seems like it is back on we're gonna start the clock right here one minute for the too fast too furious topics I'm gonna give my thoughts in one minute and I'm out of here and I'm gonna give my thoughts in one minute and we're gonna start the clock right now this is pretty interesting. Ray Mysterio was in talks with Arrow Lucha. I think he has a part ownership in with with Arrow Lucha as well. Uh, TNA, uh, excuse me, Impact Wrestling was talks there. I would have loved to have seen him going there. There's a lot of fresh matchups there. But with WWE, it's pretty interesting because there's a lot of first time matchups there as well. I've never seen Ray Mysterio versus those. There's a lot of cruiserweights in that division that they could uh, tear the house down with Ray Mysterio if they treat that division fairly on Raw. Rey Mysterio versus AJ Styles. That would be phenomenal. No pun intended. This could be pretty interesting because Rey Mysterio looked really good in, it, in that Royal Rumble. He was in about the best shape that Rey Mysterio has been in since his WWE, WCW days. So I'm very interested to see how he, how he would fit into the, to today's WWE and what they would do with him and if they would treat him right and also what kind of schedule he would be on as well. So moving on, we are going to move on to Bray Wyatt. I was noted after the ultimate deletion. I mean, I'm going to talk about that later, by the way. It was noted that Bray Wyatt could have a character change and also possibly could he have some possibility of affiliation with Matt Hardy who knows we'll see but it was noted that he could have a character change I'm gonna get my thoughts on that right now look Bray Wyatt doesn't need a character change in my opinion I mean he could bring the fedora back I mean 
that's just a personal thing. Yeah, that, that, was, that was pretty cool. But I don't think he needs a character change. I, I think what he needs is to be taken seriously by the company. And I mean, that's pretty interesting. You just book the guy better because this is at one point I, I once know, said that this guy was the next Undertaker and that's like the highest compliment because Undertaker is like my second favorite of all time and I've seen it with Bray Wyatt but they just didn't take it seriously just didn't take him seriously they cut it, cut off his momentum at every given turn with John Cena when he won the title they stripped that title away from him and he had a pathetic feud with Randy Orton I mean look you just need to take the guy seriously he doesn't need a character change he doesn't need to change or he doesn't need to become broken or anything like that he just needs to be taken seriously that's just my opinion and that things would be better off if he were taken seriously all right so moving on a minute is up what are we moving on to next we are moving on to Hulk Hogan. Interesting news coming out that the Hulkster could be possibly returning. Uh, according to PW Insider, WWE officials are currently having talks about a Hogan return. There's no word yet on what kind of role Hogan may come back for, but there's speculation that an authority role for SmackDown would do with Shane McMahon having that so-called indefinite leave of absence, excuse me. WWE responded to PW Insider by saying, we have had discussions with Terry about how he can help others learn from his mistakes. However, he is not under any contract with WWE currently. So we'll see about that. I'm going to give my opinions on all of that right now. Start the clock right now. Uh... Look, I, I understand it. I get it. Hulk Hogan is the ultimate face of WWE, the, the top guy of all time in that company. But I, it just kind of, it, it really rubbed me the wrong way. That video with Hulk Hogan and all of that drama just really rubbed me the wrong way personally as a person to see what Hulk Hogan did. And I, to be honest, from a, a fan standpoint, I really don't have a desire to see Hulk Hogan back in the in the WWE ring. That's nothing against the guy, but even with looking past that situation, which is tough to look past for me, I mean, what are you gonna bring Hulk Hogan back in? I mean, what is he gonna do? He can't be in the, he can't be in an ambassador role. You can't do that. Even as a SmackDown general manager, I really have no interest in that because I, we need to just do away with the authority. Figures. I mean, I, I really don't want to see that. I wish him well. Maybe there's something there for Hulk Hogan. We'll see. But I'm not really interested in it personally. So those were the two fast, two furious questions of the day. And now we're going to move on to our main topics. And we're going to start with the ultimate deletion. Yes. I hope y'all like my Matt Hardy. <laughs> so, top five reasons why the ultimate deletion failed to live up to the billing. Now, I don't want to be ultra negative because, I mean, I, when I look at this, this thing, I, I criticize wrestling enough. It's just what I do. I, when I come up to talk about wrestling, I give the truth. And it, sometimes it can be... Look, as as me criticizing wrestling like being negative so i don't want to be negative but this is just my personal opinion nobody nobody else is just mine but 
I thought it didn't feel I thought it didn't live up to the billing and I'm gonna get into the reasons number five number five is because as it pertains from the ultimate deletion to final deletion I don't think it lived up because number five is that Matt and Jeff Hardy had much better chemistry from an in-ring standpoint than Matt and Bray Wyatt and I mean I'm Obviously, Bray Wyatt can't do the things that Jeff Hardy does, but Matt, the match was actually good. If you actually go back and look at Final Deletion, the, the actual match, the, it was pretty darn decent uh, before, before it even got into the crazy stuff with Jeff Hardy taking Daredevil stunts. And I mean, the, the, they had good chemistry and the match was solid. So uh, looking at the Ultimate Deletion match, what was whatever was going on with Bray Wyatt, and eh, there was some positives to it, but whatever was going on with Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy, it's just the match itself was just boring me to death. But moving on to number four, WWE didn't prepare the audience enough to deal with this match. Like even look, going back to the final deletion, what's the untold story about final deletion is the match prior to final deletion, Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy had a match at the Hardy compound. I think it was in the Dome of Deletion. But <laughs> I think that was before it was called a Dome of Deletion. But they had a match and it was Final Deletion S, but it wasn't anywhere near the craziness of Final Deletion. So when I saw that match, I was like, well, that was kind of out of left field, but it, yeah, yeah, it was okay. And what that match did was it got us mentally prepared for the craziness of Final Deletion. Once Final Deletion happened, as far as it pertains to the people that were watching TNA every week, we all thought it was a success. We all thought it was crazy, but everybody thought it was a success. What came, what where the debate came was with people who had not been watching the storyline, the months of storyline leading into Final Deletion. They thought that, oh, you know, this was just a crazy match. Obviously, if this is your first time looking at it, then sure, Final Deletion, you think Final Deletion was a crazy match. And turning this back to Ultimate Deletion, they didn't prepare their audience enough because not everybody, uh, not everybody seen, saw Final Deletion. So there's a lot of people out there in the mainstream WWE audience that has no idea of what's going on. They do not know who a brother Nero is. They have no idea, no clue. Uh, they don't know who Senior, Senior Benjamin is, Rebby Hardy. Like, they should have introduced all of these characters weeks on end so, so WWE's audience would have been prepared for it. And they also should have had one of those matches, one of those matches beforehand to prepare the WWE audience of what was about to be, what was about to come. All right, number three. Top five reasons why Ultimate Deletion failed to live up to the building, in my opinion. Number three is that it was a nearly a complete ripoff of Final Deletion. Uh, I mean, you had Bray Wyatt coming down the entrance to music. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, Jeff Hardy came down to the entrance to music. And I mean, just the whole match, the fireworks, I mean, everything. They had some... They introduced some new things, a couple of new things, but 
Like, it's like the dilapidated boat. I mean, that come up with some new things. And I mean, that I'm watching it and I'm like not impressed because I'm like, well, this is just Final Deletion. And the, the, the glory to Final Deletion is that the dilapidated boat and things like that weren't a thing until we made it a thing. It was just a throwaway line in the Final Deletion where Matt Hardy says, look, a dilapidated boat. And so everybody thought it was hilarious, and then it became a thing, the dilapidated boat. And then a whole bunch of other things became a thing. With WWE, they just put it on television and thought that, okay, this is a thing. Without even introducing it to us. Like, they had, they did a bad job of introducing a lot of things. And I didn't like the fact that it was pretty much a ripoff of Final Deletion. And also that the finish was laissez-faire. I'm going to get into that later too. But number two. There was no emotion in the storyline. And it was rushed along. Look, in Final Deletion, I, I hate to keep going back to this, but it is the only, in, the, in that match, that is the only point of reference that I have when it pertains to matches like this. There was a lot of emotion in that storyline. It was built up really well. And it was it was with Matt and Jeff. And Matt was just ticked off. And he said, this is the final deletion of Jeff Hardy. We're going into that match. we like, well, what the heck is that? Well, he's gonna and Matt was like, he's going to delete Jeff. And it, <laughs> I'm looking at that. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? And I mean, it was months of storyline built up. It was months of that Matt Hardy character. And it was months leading in leading into that final deletion match with WWE they introduced the Matt Hardy character and they introduced the final deletion match and like they didn't have a build up to the final deletion match it was like a couple of weeks then here it is so I never got emotionally invest invested into the match because I never had the time to get emotionally invested into the matches like they rushed it along so I wish they would have put more effort into building up Matt Hardy's character because the Woken Hardy gimmick was going in the toilet prior to this because they weren't doing anything with it. It was doing the same old things with Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. Once a storyline that was looked at as a near dream match storyline was just being rushed along with 50-50 results nearly every week. So, when you look at it like that, leading into this match, it's hard, it was very hard for me to get excited for it. But moving on to number one of why, top five reasons why the ultimate deletion fell up to live up to the building. Number one was that it wasn't crazy enough. Like, they didn't go completely over the top. And I'm going to go back to Final Deletion again. Look, when Final Deletion happened, when Jeff Hardy, or I think it was either Matt or Jeff Hardy, put out those fireworks and they started shooting it at each other. I said, well, what in the world is going on here? We had Jeff Hardy jumping off of a tree branch, a tall tree branch. Only Jeff Hardy, by the way, not for nothing, but only Jeff Hardy jump off a tree branch onto a ladder. And I mean, we just had so many crazy things. We had Jeff Hardy jumping off of off of that cross. That was uh, I don't think it was a cross. It was some type of thing that he jumped off of and missed the 
Swanson that was set on fire. By the way, if you go back and look at the final deletion. But the match wasn't crazy enough. It just didn't get wild enough as far as it pertains to the ultimate deletion. It had its moments. You know, you had seeing Benjamin there that threw the globe into Bray Wyatt's hands. That was pretty funny. That was cr pretty crazy. But it just did not live up to the craziness that was Final Deletion. So those are my top five reasons why I thought that the ultimate deletion didn't live up to the billing. And also... I'm worried about where Matt Hardy goes from here. Obviously, when the final deletion ha happened, uh, Impact Wrestling just pushed Matt Hardy and just made it an important thing, an important force within the company. And I'm worried about WWE as it pertains to Matt Hardy because is Matt Hardy going to get pushed like an important person or in, a, in an important storyline as it pertains to WWE. I have my questions on that and I don't think it will happen. But I'm hoping for the best for Matt Hardy. He does his best with this gimmick. He's crazy. He does his best and I'm really hoping for the best for him. So moving on. Oof, I could really use a drink of water here. I say that every week. I just need to have a bottle of water with me really every week. But moving on. We're going to go to Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan was cleared this week. And obviously, uh, you can see my reaction on YouTube. I made a video for that very, uh, very, that very, that very day, excuse me, when he got cleared. But looking at the further news that has come out, Daniel Bryan was cleared. And uh, Daniel Bryan was, as was noted on the Wrestling Observer, Daniel Bryan was sent to several neurologists chosen by Dr. Joseph Maroon. Daniel Bryan asked them what did he have to do to get cleared and Dr. Joseph Maroon said that he had to go to the he noted the top uh, neurologists throughout the country and he sent it to him over the past two months to which Daniel Bryan of course got cleared by every single doctor. Looking at the script for SmackDown, Daniel Bryan, it's looking like Daniel Bryan is going to team, obviously, it's looking like he's going to team with Shane McMahon, but there were backup plans uh, with Daniel Bryan. Uh, if he didn't get cleared, there were backup plans with Shane McMahon having another partner, or Daniel Bryan being the special guest referee. Uh, it was also noted in the Observer that after every match, Daniel Bryan will have to go to WWE doctors backstage after every match and get impact testing and neuropsychological, hope I said that right, evaluation done until WWE is comfortable until he's okay. Uh, is Until WWE is comfortable that he's okay. So this is... Look. I want to believe everything is on the up and up in that WWE is just, you know, there's no cynicism here that WWE is just doing this because they really in their hearts feel that he's cleared and that's the only reason why they're doing this. But the cynic in me, cynic wrestling fan in me just tends to come out a lot. And when I look at this story, I look at the part where Daniel Bryan, where Daniel Bryan act, reportedly, Daniel Bryan acts. Joseph Maroon, what he had to do to get cleared, and that Joseph Maroon sent him to the best neurological doctors. I mean, look, 
Daniel Bryan has been trying to get cleared for a long time now. So you mean to tell me that just in the past month or a couple of months or however many, a couple of months or whenever, Joseph Maroon is just now telling, or WWE is just now having him tell Daniel Bryan what the best neurological doctors is? I mean, look, Daniel Bryan's contract is coming up. And for lack of a better term, Daniel Bryan was out of there. Just in my opinion, I really believe that Daniel Bryan was out of there. I said this on YouTube that Daniel Bryan was bent on wrestling. He wanted to wrestle again, and he was going to wrestle somewhere. And that somewhere was going to get a big push out of having Daniel Bryan wrestle for them. So it is my opinion that WWE is doing whatever they have to do to keep him in the fold. Now, the pressure has reversed on WWE to let him wrestle now that he his contract is coming up. So I really believe that, of course, WWE knew, of course, their doctor knew the best uh, neurological doctors years ago or a year ago, whenever whenever it was that Daniel Bryan retired. They didn't send it to, send Daniel Bryan to those doctors then, but that's them to him now. And I look at the situation, and like I said, obviously I think WWE is keeping Daniel Bryan into the fold because look, well, not only is Daniel Bryan a money maker, he's the, in my humble opinion, he's the face of the company. That's just my humble opinion because the fans love adore the guy. Fans across the world adore the guy. And WWE knows that. And they want to keep him in the fold, not only for their sake, but to also hold other competing wrestling companies down as well from getting Daniel Bryan. But I'm happy that Daniel Bryan has returned. I don't want to turn this into a negative take, but I'm happy that he's returned. I'm very happy that he's back. Also, looking at the WrestleMania match, I don't mean to be greedy, but... Look, I, I don't want the tag match. I mean, I, I'm going to be excited for that. I'm taking it for what it is. And you know what? It, it's fine that it's going to be a tag match. But look, if I can make a comparison, it's like being ready, getting ready to book a trip anywhere in the United States. I don't know. You, you choose a state. I don't know. Florida, Texas, wherever. Anywhere in the United States. And hitting the Powerball right before you take that trip or right before you get ready to book that trip if you hit the powerball you come up on millions the first thing you're gonna say is well man let's go to hawaii let's go this place instead of going to, to somewhere in the united states that's how i feel about daniel bryan three weeks before wrestlemania we just hit the powerball now obviously wwe knew about this well in advance but three weeks as fans we just hit the powerball with Daniel Bryan, and I'm like, well, man, let's let's put him in a better match. Let's do a triple threat with Bryan, um, Owens, insane. That would tear the house down. Or oh, let's put him in a bigger match. Like I want to see something more. It's not that I don't mind a tag match. It's just not something that I will be looking forward to. It's little, I would like to see something more out of this situation, but. All in all, I'm happy that Daniel Bryan is returning. So moving on, we have the phenomenal AJ Styles. And look, man, this is starting to worry me. We had the angle at a house show 
to where Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn took out uh, AJ Styles. And it was an injury angle. You know, they took him out. And apparently AJ Styles missed the house show out of the following day or the following couple of days, something like that, at wherever they was going. So it was looked at as selling the injury in an injury angle. So I saw that and I was like, well, okay, it's just a, just an injury angle. Okay, he'll be back. Everything's cool. So yesterday, I see a report that Triple H gave his thoughts on the situation. He said, "You always have to have a <laughs> you always have to have a Plan B." That sound. I'm laughing because Plan B. It sounds like the Seth Rollins heel turn segment. <laughs> Let me stay on track here. You always have to have a plan B just in case you have a plan C, Triple H. Just in case you have a plan C, Triple H said. AJ is an incredible performer. Replacing AJ Styles would be very difficult. He's not necessarily a replaceable talent, but we would do our best. AJ is working diligently on rehabbing his injuries and getting himself in top tier shape for WrestleMania. Uh, we are trying to get him the best care possible. We hope... We're hoping for the best. That's where my heart sinks. Now, look. They're trying to get him to the best doctors as well. Now, look. Y'all know the... Do y'all know the GIF or GIF? I don't know of what cartoon it is, but it's a cartoon a character sitting at a table. And... Like, he's in the kitchen and, like, there's a blazing inferno... And he's just sitting there with a cup. And I think the gift reads, everything is fine here. And <laughs> that's me right now. I'm, I'm sitting here. It's a blazing inferno. I'm just saying, well, no, not to see here. Everything's fine. And uh, look, I just asked for one thing. One thing for WrestleMania. And I've gone back on my road ever since then. Maybe I need to, to, to take that back now. And some months ago. In 2017, I just said, just give me one thing. AJ Styles versus Nakamura. And I promise WWE, I won't complain about any of the rest of the card if you just give me that. So we get it. Nakamura wins the World Rumble and AJ Styles. So we get that, that moment, that challenge. And I'm like, yes, I got it. That's all I wanted. It's like Christmas. You gave me that one gift. I don't care whatever it is else that I get. And now this happens. Like, uh, the match may still go on, but wh why Why AJ Styles? Ugh, why do they have to be AJ Styles to get hurt? Look, I'm very worried about this match. I still think it will go on because AJ Styles said that if he has to go out there with one leg, he's going to go out. If he, he said if my leg got cut off, I'll find a way to make it to WrestleMania. So I believe that AJ Styles is through... Through everything, he's gonna try to get out there and go for WrestleMania because a compromised AJ Styles is better than half the roster, in my opinion. So I'm hoping that it happens. I'm just worried that it won't. I'm just proceeding with caution. I hope that everything goes down as planned. So that is my thoughts on that. That is all for this podcast those are the topics let me know if you have any opinions any questions any thoughts let me know down below about the podcast i will be sure to answer them answer them whether you want to leave them on youtube 
or, or anywhere else, you can you can drop them down below. Podomatic, you can drop the comments on Podomatic, or you can hit me up on Twitter or my, on my ads at Two Sweet Pod and at OMG Corey B. Let me know if you have any topics, anything you would like to discuss.